Alright, we're live in three, two, one. Alright, welcome everybody to episode one of the Possum Times Movie Podcast. Today we're joined by a, an excellent group of analysts to discuss our film of the week, which is Mortal Kombat. A 1995 classic. Uh, I'm joined here today. I'm I'm Double T's, and I am joined here by Pop Pop. Would you like to say something so our audience knows your voice? Hello. And uh, also by the Red Bandit. I'm over here. All right, perfect. So let's let's get underway. Mortal Kombat. What a film. It's actually based on the classic arcade and video game that is based on ancient mythology from the inner world. Choose your destiny. Pop Pop here has done some preliminary research, if you could give us your report. Yeah, uh, three unknowing martial artists are summoned to a mysterious island to compete in a tournament whose outcome will decide the fate of the world. Absurd premise to start out with. Uh, I give this movie two thumbs down uh, <laughs> uh, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, the dialogue was uh, contrived, special effects were corny at best. Um, I, don't, I, I just have no end of really negative things to say about this You didn't movie. like the electric finger? <laughs> <laughs> for, for cast members not familiar with the film, Raiden is portrayed by the illustrious Christopher Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, perhaps best known for his role as Connor McCloud in the Highlander series, which the Possum Times looks forward to reviewing in the future. But yeah, no, he was he was really brought, I thought, some gravitas, some heft yeah. to the to the role. You humans are so unpredictable. <laughs> And some racial confusion. <laughs> but, uh... And if you couldn't pick out any of the themes in the movie, he just said them explicitly for you. <laughs> this film was excellent about, about saying explicitly what was going on. Even if it doesn't show you what's going on, they will tell you precisely. Yeah. So what were our themes? One was... We, well, we've got a, a couple of, of uh, tracks here. The first set of themes, as Raiden said, uh, were ego, enemy, and revenge. <laughs> I'm not sure enemy counts as a theme. <laughs> well, that, that might was... be a subset of revenge, but it's not a theme by itself. Pop Pop, what did you think? What was the most powerful theme to you? I, I what mean... really spoke to you? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, the, the, the statues that, that moved, um, the sets, the, the, the absurd... Incredible I, I just, set design! I, I just wanted to know who these, who these hooded people were who kept cheering uh, on the sidelines. I mean, the, the whole plot of the movie revolves around this competition between humans who are defending Earth and then these otherworldly beings who look quite a lot like humans. Um, and they're, I, I just but they're very slick. No, that, that's really incredible attention to detail, and I feel like attention to detail is one of the key elements of the Mortal Kombat film. I'm, I actually take issue with that. I mean, the, the, the goofs section of the IMDb entry is the longest one I've ever seen for any movie. I feel like with Kano, like, sometimes the eye was glowing and sometimes yeah. it wasn't. I wonder if it sort of just died halfway through and they repair it. It depends on his level of focus. Now when do I get paid? When he's focused, it glows brightly. He was not the brightest of characters, though. Yeah. 
And actually, I felt that way about a number of the characters. I didn't feel like it was a particularly bright group of people. Apparently, Johnny, the actor who played Johnny Cage, his name was Lyndon Ashby. I'll say that again, Lyndon Ashby. Is <laughs> he British? Oh, he did a good job of, of hiding that accent. We have to admit that the stakes were incredibly high in this film. They, they don't get any higher. Yeah, because at this point, Shang Tsung, who's kind of the ringleader of this evil tournament, had won nine consecutive, nine consecutive tournaments. And had he won the tenth in a row, Earth would have been his, along with all the souls of the I'm, Earthlings. I'm gonna say, it's not fair to put all that pressure on him. You know, if the other nine tournaments had done their job, they wouldn't be in this situation. Sometimes it just comes down to a, to a trio, you know? And in this case, we had the trio of... A ragtag group of uh, misfits. They were ragtag. You had Johnny Cage, and as we mentioned before, his issue was ego. But, you know, later on in the film, it's also explained by Raiden, the, the guiding light throughout, uh, that his other... His other... <laughs> Uh, his other potential, his greatest fear, was that people think that he's fake. I mean, let's take a moment to just reflect on that. I mean, can you imagine going through your life constantly taunted by you're, the tabloids? You're a big star, you finally made it, but still, they don't respect you. Again, not a big fan of, uh, of Lyndon Ashby's performance. Why? Um, How could he have improved upon it? See, I, I don't think... Pop, pop. <laughs> You can't Come underestimate. Come now, Pop Pop. <laughs> I mean, the, the movie in some ways is a character study of his, you know, dealing with his own internal struggles and eventually surpassing them, finding his confidence again. Yeah. Believing in himself that he is authentic. That's right. That's right. That, that's what drew him into the tournament in the first place, even if it was a false lore in the form of a... Uh, how do you say? A, a morphed... Shang Tsung another posing thing, as his former mentor. Another thing about Lyndon Ashby, uh, which I couldn't let go of uh, from the moment I saw it in the film, was when he defeated Scorpion. Mm -hmm. Was it Scorpion? And then... Yeah. Come over Scorpion, here! Scorpion had been carrying around an Come autograph here. Welcome. photo of Johnny Cage. And mm -hmm. that, that struck me as kind of creepy and incredibly sad. The yeah. more I thought about it. Like, mm -hmm. if Scorpion had... You know, been actually been a fan of Johnny Cage, and then just got destroyed by him. But like, I can see Scorpion as a little boy, like writing to him, and then getting that thing and putting it, like hanging it up on the on his wall in his bedroom. Like, but I mean, but, all all of that aside. But wait, how? Like, here he is, just this outworlder, nobody outworlder, just trying to talk to this big movie star, and he just can't did, get through to him. How, well, wait. How did Johnny Cage's publicist send this thing to the outworld? <laughs> So that Scorpion could then carry it around. Dear Scorpion. <laughs> I actually want to take it back a few steps on that. Have you considered that perhaps sub, uh, Scorpion's fate was his highest honor? I mean, to, oh. to have been, yeah. Do you think he planned it like that? Mayhaps. Pink crap coming out of I gotta it. say my biggest disappointment was they made a big deal about his hand snake thing mm -hmm. and it looked really scary but then it like gets stuck in a tree and falls <laughs> off and that's it it's done with yeah pretty easily foiled <laughs> <laughs>
I was I was actually quite surprised myself at how quickly Scorpion abandoned his hand creature. Yeah, he didn't even go back to get it. No, no. Once it was gone, it was gone. Johnny Cage goes and does a, a shadow kick, and Scorpion sucks Johnny and himself into his uh, his Stick home rope. nest. Yeah, <laughs> it's his little little nest. But you have to admit, and maybe, you know, the more I think about this, I mean, perhaps Scorpion, you know, he welcomes Johnny Cage into his home. Welcome! And maybe he had some kind of domestic bliss envisioned for the two of them <laughs> living in his stick fortress. Welcome! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he did say welcome. That's true. <laughs> he did. He did. Welcome! And it's just an example of like cultural you know, misinterpretation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Please don't kick me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. And the other element of this is maybe Scorpion just didn't—he just didn't know how to express his feelings. I think outward, outward was communicate by kicking, mm. and uh, that just doesn't translate well to the earth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, let's let's move on to, to a couple of the other themes. The the next set of themes mentioned by um, by Raiden <laughs> involves enemy. And <laughs> this is in reference to Sonya Blade, who spends the film searching for Kano. What, what does she ask? Um, Where's Kano? Where's Kano? Yeah, that, that, that happens, that happens. There's 45 minutes of the film. <laughs> where's Kano? Half her dialogue is, where's Kano? Where's Kano? Yeah, no, I mean, she enters, she enters the, the film uh, as a force. I mean, just... Lockdown tight! It better be, I want Kano. Trust me. Busting heads in a nightclub yeah. with her, her automatic weapon. To, to get by, she's <clears throat> Or was it a shotgun? It was a shotgun with a flashlight mounted on it, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And she just cracking skulls. Shoots a guy. Yeah, she shoots a guy who had a bulletproof vest but still didn't make it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, there's quite a spray with that gun. But anyway, Raiden says that, that her, her issues are uh, her obsession with her enemy and her inability to ask for help. Again, spoiler alert. Um, you make the noise. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, at the uh, at the end of the at the end of the film, you know, uh, could she be any more in in distress? I mean, she's the ultimate damsel in distress. At the end, I gotta say, I was a little disappointed by that. Really? Okay. I feel like she sort of just gave up at the end. Mm. My friends will come for me. And once once they put on her little leather dress. Yeah, she was young. Chained up and helpless. Pop Pop, you've been very quiet on the point of Sonya Blade. <laughs> you could kind of see it coming. I mean, consider consider the the target audience of Mortal Kombat when it came out. It was kids aged twelve to sixteen. Um, and middle aged women. Know, and, and and some middle aged women. Um, but you know Moms. They, they wanna see and you know, hot ladies um, chained and, and rescued by, by dudes. Uh, with well-defined pectoralis. Yeah, I, I just... feel like she should have given it a chance, though. Like, she whooped on Kano. Mm -hmm. Like, who, who's to say she couldn't have taken down Shanks up? Mm. Yeah, I did find it a bit ridiculous that um, uh, Raiden, uh, as soon as Lou sort of recognized that, that Sonya wouldn't have to fight Kano, if she didn't, or pardon me, wouldn't have to fight um, Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung, if she didn't accept, and then 
And then, exactly. I mean, that pretty much sums up my thoughts about this film. Uh, and then, you know, as soon as Lou says this out loud, Lambert is, is like, I have nothing more to teach you. Like, is that really? Well, there can be no final combat. I have nothing further to teach you, Liu Kang. How many things did he actually teach them? Well, we're going through that right now. So if we decided that there's an anti-feminist message in Mortal Kombat. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's well, it. Well, think about Katana, Princess Katana, is that her name? Yes. True, she is sort of Played badass. by the she lovely is... Talisa Soto. Yeah, Talisa Soto really brings her A-game to this film. I mean, particularly, there's a, there's a sequence in which she fights Liu Kang, which, I mean, in a way, I thought it was like she was fighting herself. Her soulmate. Yeah. By the outcome of that, I mean, was it called off? Because, <coughs> because she was Sung, helping him. Yeah, Shang Tsung recognized this, and he's like, Kitana, that's enough. Stop it. But obviously, she's of suspect loyalty. Why would they put her in to represent our world? Yeah, I mean, given given what happened to her kingdom. Yeah. Well, these are things that that will leave our our audience to ponder further. I mean, these are really critical issues. The final, the final uh, set of advice, the final kind of theme that's laid out by Raiden uh, is that of revenge, and this is in reference to Liu Kang, that he's motivated by revenge, and then it's, he's also, uh, his greatest fear is facing his, his destiny. Now the film opens with some very, very powerful and disturbing images of the brother. death of Liu Kang's brother. In a snap. Your brother's soul is mine. You will be next. Oh God! I mean, this is the sort of stuff, folks. I mean, really, you might want to put, you know, shield your children's eyes. I mean, this will stay with you for for ages. Um, you will be next. Was it his older brother or his younger? Brother? His kid brother. Kid brother. His so kid it's brother. even worse if you don't protect your kid brother. Oh my god. I mean, this is... It, it's haunting. It's simply haunting. Yeah. And uh, the, the actor that plays Shang Tsung, whose name is uh, Pop Pop, help me. Um, that, that was um, uh, Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yes. Uh, I, I have to say that Tagawa's performance is, is also ex extremely... Passionate. I mean, he just brings the fire. You can see it in his face. The way he contorts that face. Yeah, now that I think about it, he was the only decent actor in this entire film. She must not be allowed to join with the forces from the realm of Earth, especially Liu Kang. Yeah, and he had so many memorable lines. Flawless victory. And, um, uh, you know, it has begun. I mean, that, I mean, it just... Fatality. Fatality. It just, you know, makes your chest round. These are mine. Oh. Your soul is mine. Talking about the souls. I mean, what, yeah, that's right. That's true. <laughs> what do you think his motivation was? Is he sort of... It, sometimes people just become deranged in their quest for power. I see him as sort of like a Darth Vader-like character. You think he's tragic? Yeah, I think he probably... Fallen from grace. I think he started out very powerful and he was consumed by it. Well... You know, and he came under the sway of this emperor, who was a, a bad influence in his life. I, I have to say, Red Bandit, you're actually starting to choke me up a little bit because by the end of the movie, you know, in this final, final battle between Shang Tsung and and Liu Kang, 
Liu Kang actually says something very poignant that I feel cuts Shang Tsung to the core. Oh, that have not happened. When he soul. says, you know, you've collected all these souls. All those souls and you still don't have one of your own. Yeah. But you have none of your own. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was a little unnecessary, you know, a little hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not make this personal, guys. It's about the tournament. <laughs> No need for personal attacks. But I mean, you can see it. You can see it in in Tagawa's face. Yeah. The way that it, that words hurt too. Yeah. You know, in a movie about kicking and punching and flipping, yeah. words can sometimes hurt more. He becomes the ultimate verbal warrior. He cannot traverse. Yeah. The shock but... finger won't go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> The Emperor shows up at the very end, knocking the top off of Angor Wat. Mm. I mean, um, talk yeah, about the why, devastation. Why would, he, why would he do? Like, he's pissed off. Is that is that scene? Does that scene kick off Mortal Kombat 2? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, oh, now I'm intrigued. We probably should have watched them right back to back because mm. they run right into it. Is wow. is Bridget Wilson in Mortal Kombat 2? I don't know. I, I Sonya? Let's it go. God, it's touching. Powerful, powerful stuff. All right, so so Pop Pop, any closing thoughts on, on 1995 Smash Hit uh, Academy Award nominee? I don't think it won uh, Mortal Kombat for Best Picture, Best Special Effects, and uh, Best Actor in Christopher Lambert. Final thoughts, Pop Pop. Uh, I thought it was terrible. I mean, it did it did kind of take me back to the mentality that I had going into films when I was 12, um, which which you know I, I wasn't a really, simpler time. Didn't didn't really enjoy that experience. Um, so so yeah, I, I don't know. The fact that that Bridget Wilson appears in the second one makes makes me want to watch it. Go to hell. Uh, especially after that cliffhanger ending. Uh, I don't. I, to be quite honest, I don't want to see any of the rest of the cast ever again in anything, uh, except for Chris Lambert. But uh, we'll, is it we'll get to him. Is it, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja? I rest my case. <laughs> All right, and uh, Red Bandit thoughts. Well, you know, I think this movie is worth it just for the soundtrack alone. You know, if you need to get pumped up. Fight. There's about three or four songs in the Mortal Kombat CD, and I have Choose your destiny. They will just get you going. Yeah. So, you know, whatever the plot deficiencies, the soundtrack makes up for it. And yeah. also, the statue work. Mm -hmm. They spent a lot of time on all those statues. You know, there's the weird lizard guys, there's like undead warriors, there's like Spartan people. You know, I think that's sort of an underappreciated element of the film. <laughs> And uh, my my final thoughts are related to that. I, I, I you know speaking of, of the statue work, just in general, the set design is just tremendous in Mortal Kombat. Just tremendous scenes you, that will stay with you for a lifetime. Think about the the forests uh, that that uh, Johnny Cage fights a scorpion in. Yeah. Think about the Dick home that Johnny Cage fights Scorpion Whoa. in. <laughs> um, Think about the boat with all the smoke. The, the smoky oh, boat. And the, the chains. The, the chains. 
when when they go down into the chain room, yeah. your blood turns cold yeah. because it's so terrifying. Other sets, a lot of great beach scenes. I mean, God, what beautiful beaches. What beautiful beaches on the, the other world. No, I don't know if it was Thailand. I thought they were in a different world. Yeah, because they were in a different world. <laughs> um, so I, I just thought all around, when you get the, the cast, the talented ta cast, well-acted, brilliant script, I mean, really crisp dialogue that you know does a great job of conveying what the what the actors are or what the characters are feeling tremendous special effects i mean they just pull you in you don't think twice about it all around i mean shock figure. <laughs> the shock all around i mean this has got to be uh one of one of the best films i've seen which is saying something because i've seen a, a good amount of films so final uh letter grades from everyone oh for me, it's got to be it's got to be a solid solid A. If I was doing it on a number scale, probably a 96. I do mark it down a few points because I could always use more Christopher Lambert. <laughs> uh, I would just give it a D plus. <laughs> wow, wow, pop pop, uh, really. Yeah, you uh, know, I I I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the acting of uh, Tagawa and Wilson. Um, beyond that, it was terrible. <laughs> Uh, that's about it. Okay. I would, I don't know. Uh, we might be running out of time. Uh, I would say uh, solid B. B. Uh, Mark down a little bit for its anti-feminist message, but <laughs> other than that, a great flick. All right. Well, this is this has been uh, the inaugural episode of the Possum Times Movie well, Cast. Sort of the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. We'll we'll get this on the web straight away. This has been the Possum Times. Hey Possum Times fans, Double T's here. You can reach out to the Possum Times gang via email at possumcast at gmail.com and via Twitter at possumcast. Let me, the Red Bandit, and Pop Pop know what you're thinking. Suggestions for movies to review are welcome.